welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. This week, I am very excited to be able to, to again, bring an amazing guest. I, I say that every week, but I know that for me, I am always really excited to be able to talk to dads that are passionate about being dads, but also, and even more importantly, dads with daughters that are really excited about the relationship that they are building with their daughters and also dads that are helping other dads to be able to find those same type of relationships for the future for their own daughters. And this week's guest is definitely doing that. His name is Jason Pockrant. And Jason currently lives in Michigan like I do. And he just recently finished a book called Father-Daughter Conversations. We're going to talk about that today. But first and foremost, we're going to talk about Jason as a father himself. So Jason, one of the first things that I love to do, first and foremost, is thank you so much for being here. But I want to turn the clock back in time. And I want you to think back to that first moment, that first moment that you had when you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Tell me about that moment. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Let's see here. It was early 2000. Uh, Lennox was born in 2015. So I think it was would have been later, late 2014. I can still remember it specifically. I remember my wife and I, I was in Toastmasters at the time. I remember going out, it was a Thursday night. We went ahead the, had the Toastmasters at like six o'clock in Saginaw here. I remember my wife, she bought a bunch of Starburst and we were driving around and she kind of cried a little bit and she thought she was pregnant. She had taken a pregnancy test and we were like, oh man, I think we may be pregnant. And then I remember freaking out and I was like, I got to give a speech tonight. I got to go to Toastmasters. I can't miss it. We got to go. So uh, she took me and dropped me off still at Toastmasters. I remember she was driving around the city for a little while, crying about things and getting all nervous. And, and then we went to the doctors the next morning. I was like, maybe it's a fluke. You know, it was pregnancy tests. Like we only took two and they're probably not right. We went to the next morning. I remember the doctor came walking in the office and she goes, congratulations. And I said, for what? <laughs> and she said, you're pregnant. And I was like, oh my God. And and that's when we found out. And then I remember we waited. It was, uh, wasn't too long after she was pregnant with the, the whole DNA test. I know that they can find out pretty early, which is mind boggling to me. But I remember we went to Olive Garden and we were eating dinner there and we had the little thing in the envelope and we ripped it open and, and found out it was going to be a girl. And then we looked at each other and I was like, oh, Oh, man. I was like, I don't know what to do with girls. This is going to be a fun one. It definitely can be fun. And, you know, with as someone that has preteens and teens right now, it, it continues to be fun. And definitely uh, they continue to open your eyes as they get older and allow for you to be able to continue to learn and to grow, which is what we all need to be able to do. Now, you talked about your daughter being born and she is, you know, she's still young, but I know that you've probably had some pretty memorable moments so far. So, Tell me about what has been the most memorable experience that you've had thus far with Lennox. One of my favorite ones of all was we started going out on these daddy-daughter date nights once a week. And I remember the first one, I had no idea where to take her, right? Because she was, you know, she was like two or three at the time, I think, or, or maybe like three or four. And I was like, let's go get some ice cream. And so we went to Baskin Robbins and we sat there together and we had a, you know, we had an ice cream sundae, we had a cherry sundae. And, and then I remember a couple weeks after that, right, we're driving home. And every time we drove home, we drove right past Baskin Robbins because it's just down the corner from us. So I remember we drove by one day and she's in the back seat of the car and she looks at me and she's like, daddy, daughter, ice cream. And I was like, oh. 
it was just like it was just one of those moments like when you realize that they make that association between the two things you know like to think daddy daughter date is associated with like daddy daughter ice cream and um and now she's older right and so she's four or five until this day still it's like oh lennox it's like i can't think of where to go or what to take her right and so she's like can we go have ice cream and it's just like cementing the realization like i've cemented that into her mind of like you know having those positive thoughts with me and then just recently actually which I told my wife kind of just melted my heart. She um, She's taking a class through uh, online school, right? She's taking an elective and they have a partnership with the uh, mixed martial arts place. So she's doing MMA and she gets to go twice a week. It's the cutest thing. She's only been there for a week now. And um, she was doing it the other day and she was running around and she stopped and she looked at me and she gave me a thumbs up. I gave her a thumbs up and she gives me a thumbs up back and she looks at me and then she stopped and gave me the little heart emoji in the air. And I just was like, oh. I didn't realize I was like, I love you. People looked at me. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot him. But I was just like, these kids nowadays, you know, like all these wild teens are heart emojiing everybody in the air and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, where'd she even learn that? So cute. Now, I know that you said going into finding out that you were going to have a daughter that that you said, I don't know anything about raising a daughter. And with that in mind, what would you say has been the hardest part thus far? in being a father to a daughter? Well, I think for me, for me, one of the hardest ones has been like, it's just been the idea of, I mean, there's the, there's the natural attachment that like Lennox has with her mom. But then for me, it's hard to like balance it because she goes, she seems to go in these spurts. So like there's these days where she's like overly attached to me and like just wants daddy and wants to play Barbies and wants daddy around and wants to see me and wants that. And then she'll go like, you know, two or three or four days, it feels like. And it's like, she doesn't care if I'm here, you know, she's like just all about moms, wants to spend the day with mom, wants to do everything with her. And so for me, it's been finding that balance of like being super intentional on those days or those moments where she's giving me the attention, right? Because we don't get it that much, you know, like us dads don't get it as often as, you know, there's not even equal, but I feel like we don't get as much wanting of us as much as my wife does. So for me, it's like trying to be intentional when those moments pop up. Like whenever she asks me, hey, can daddy come talk me in tonight? Or can daddy read me a book? Because, you know, all the other nights it's like, okay, good night. I got to fight her to get a kiss good night. You know, like, all right, mom's going to read me books. Mom's going to put me to sleep. And I'm like, all right, fine, fine. So like just being intentional and capture, being aware enough to capture the times when she's reaching out and really wanting to connect with me and then accepting on the opposite side of that, that most of the time. She's going to want mom to put her to sleep and she wants mom to give her a bath and she wants mom to read her books. And I'm just like, I'm like, what up? I'm like, she doesn't love me. I'm like, come on, Lennox. I'm like, daddy's here too. And I'm like, all right, fine, fine. You know, I think that a lot of dads go through that and sometimes they have to have those challenging conversations with their partners in life to be able to say, you know what, we need to find a way for me to have that time to be able to connect with my daughter. So that's important so that it's not just that your daughter is dictating everything, but that you are intentional, like you said, and being able to find that time, whether it's that, you know what, every night I'm going to read one story, even if she wants a story with mom too, that I'm going to also read one story in that. So dad has at least some time to be able to do that. And I've heard that that sometimes works too, to be able to have those conversations to find ways to be able to, again, show that dad is there and dad is going to be there so that you don't feel left out. 
And because especially when they're really young, they've got that specific attachment, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if they're breastfeeding or, you know, or things like that. And I mean, there's always going to be an attachment in that sense. But what I tell every father is you've got to be so engaged and on the floor and you've got to be just willing to do the things that your daughter wants to do so that she knows that dad is there, right? Mm -hmm to be able to go from there. Now, you know, hey, today's society can be kind of crazy. And you watch media, you you, you look out there and you see how crazy society can be. And, and raising a daughter in, in our society today can be sometimes a little scary too. What would you say is your biggest fear in raising a daughter in today's society? Oh, man, how deep can we go? Honestly, for me, it's always been the idea, cliche as it may be, or how stereotypical as it may be. But for me, it's that fear that we're going to do everything we can, or we're going to do everything we tried to do from birth until age 25. And then the fact that like, the fear is that like, she won't be a functioning adult. You know what I mean? Like she won't have made it out enough to just be good enough to be on her own. And that's not an expectation of like, oh, she needs to be a millionaire or she needs to be successful like us or she needs to have a business like us, but just that we've done all that we could do to help her be 25, 26 years old and be like, hey, I can function. I can find a good mate in life. You know, when the time comes, like I was going to say, that's the biggest one. The biggest fear is she's going to like end up in a bad relationship and become one of those statistics, right? Of like a daughter who, you know, like I missed the mark somewhere, right? Or something crazy happened and she didn't feel loved enough by dad. And then, you know, the story, right? That's like my biggest fear, but it kind of compliments a second to that is like, did we do enough? Did we do enough for her to just move into adulthood? and not fall into the same trap as us of like, well, we grew up, we put her together, we put her in school, we told her to go to college, we told her to get a degree. And then she was like, now what? And then just couldn't figure it out kind of thing. You know, I think that every father has those moments. I definitely have had those moments in my own Mm -hmm. life where you see one side of your child at home. And the things that for me have always been the most positive is when, even when your child can be testing every inst- instance of your your sanity, when they go outside and then you hear from the teacher, you hear from other adults, you hear from other people about kindness or about them doing things that you have been trying to teach them at home and they act like they're not learning it, but then they really have, but they're just not showing it at home. Yeah, And it's those moments where you say to yourself, okay, I'm doing something right. I'm doing something that means that down the road that she is going to be able to survive. And even if she doesn't show it to me at home, I'm going to continue to keep talking about the same things, teaching her the things at home, and, and hopefully they all stick. And as you have those conversations and Lennox gets older, that you're going to find that even if she doesn't always show it at home, that when she's in public, hopefully she will. And then you're going to hear those same type of things too. Yeah. That's the idea, I think, for anybody, right? But I mean, even as dads, right? Like we spend our whole lives trying to do personal development and there's like all these habits we should be doing and we should be doing XYZ daily and ABC, right? And then I kind of was thinking about it yesterday. I had the thought of like, am I doing enough of these things for her? You know what I mean? Like, am I helping her build strong enough daily habits to do ABC? You know, is she eating well enough? Is she reading every day? You know, it's like, cause we think that's not that hard to, 
you know, for us to exercise every day, read 10 minutes of a book or a podcast, reach out and build relationships. Like we think, oh, that's not that hard till we realize how hard it is, you know, for us to even manage it. And then kind of like I had the epiphany yesterday, like the realization of like, wow, what more can I be doing or should I be doing for her to like instill in her these things or these habits or these things that hopefully can become habits, right? For them that maybe we didn't get from our parents, that I didn't get from my dad, that I didn't have passed on down to me. Because, you know, some days we feel like as adults, we're playing catch up to like eat better and exercise now better and build better relationships and build our careers better. And the list goes on and on. I don't know. It's like that responsibility. It's always a reminder of the heaviness of the responsibility we have of raising, raising humans into how to be humans because they just don't know you look at your little girls and they're just clueless in the most blissful way and you're like man if you don't have to drive anywhere you don't have to pay the bills you don't have to do anything you just hang out with the cat you got it so good you know i think it's a good point and and it's also one of the things you said about not having a father and i think i want to touch on that because i think that i talked about at the beginning that you wrote a book called father daughter conversations And one of the things that you talk about at the very beginning is really some of the concerns that you had in being a father yourself and wanting to be a great father because of the lack of a father in your own life. But talk to me about some of the genesis of this book and what made you decide that you wanted to bring together the fathers that you are spotlighting in this book and what are you trying to have people take away from it? So for me, it was the selfish and selfless act at the same time. So I've been with my wife now. We've been married almost seven years. I've been with my wife since I was 19 years old. Lost my dad when I was 17 years old. So not having a father, right? At 28 years old, I became a dad. And so I think that's right around, I had just gotten married or yeah, I got married in 2013, had Lennox in 2015. So I was a young boy. I was a fatherless son who became a fatherless man who became a fatherless father. And then became a father of a daughter. So when I found out I was going to have a little girl, I was literally like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I was like, I've seen the stories. I've seen the books, right? Of how to raise a man, how to raise your son into a warrior, you know, like rites of passage and how to be a man and all these things. I was like, aside from, you know, Meg Meeker and a couple other books, right? Or James Dobson, like, like I said, literally, what are, what are we going to do? Like, I don't know what to do with a girl. I was like, number one, I don't know how to be a father. Number two, I don't have a dad. I don't have any grandpas. I didn't have any uncles. I didn't have any mentors. Like, I never had close relationships at church, even like that. So I literally set out and was like, I need some help. I need some advice. And I was writing for the Good Men Project at the time. I had this idea, right? Like, this idea came to me. I was like, oh, I was like, I'll write a book. I was like, anybody wants to be a dad or who wants to be an author? I was like, it's not that hard. You know, I've done it once, right? Like, publishing is not that hard selling a book is a whole nother story. Right. But, um, so I put this call out there and I said, Hey, I'm looking for sage dads, like that have daughters, you know, young, old, whatever. I was like, just, what would you tell me? What would you tell a brand new dad of a daughter on what to do? Like, what is your best advice? I didn't have as many as I thought I would have gotten, but I ended up with 10 incredible dads and they each put in a chapter and just kind of like told a story and was like, here's you know, some of their experience or their story and their advice on what to do. My proudest moment was taking each chapter and coming up with conversation starters. I took these questions that I formulated, I put at the end of each chapter based on the piece the dads wrote in the hopes, right, when the book launched that dads would take it, read a chapter, have these conversations, actually engage with their daughters, engage with themselves, you know, think deeper about 
their their choices in their life and and reflect on things and you know their attitudes and their behaviors as a dad and then be able to just better connect and fully engage with their daughters and that's that's kind of how it happened that's where it started and that was the emphasis of literally like I remember I launched it and my goal was to take it into churches and men's groups you know and and make it like this book club sort of thing where you know there's 11 chapters and a chapter a week you know dads can make enough time to to read one chapter and kind of reflect on their life and do some some self-discovery and then hopefully increase the bonds and the relationships of their daughters because I know firsthand what it's like not having a father. And I've always told people, you know, like even though Lennox is only five, you know, and people have questioned like, well, what do you know? What, what are you to tell me about how to raise a girl? What are you to tell me about how to, you know? And I was like, listen, I know what it's like to not have a dad. And whether you've lost a dad through death, divorce, or abandonment, I was like, the amount of dads that I see being absent by choice is is astounding to me. And I was like, we need to change society as a whole. And we need to change the way that dads are being dads and how they're engaging with their daughters and what they're accepting for themselves and those relationships. And we need to make it better. And I see that in, the, in reading the book myself, you know, I found that each of these authors have a very different take on fatherhood and they come to fatherhood from different vantage points as well. And I think that that's a positive thing because you have dads that have come into being a father through divorce and they the daughters in their lives come from another marriage. And then you have biological kids or you have, I mean, ev- every child is just a little bit different and every fatherhood story is a little bit different. And the piece that I think is powerful in there is are the writing prompts that you have put in there to allow for you to be able to not only introspectively look at yourself, but beyond that, allow for you to have those meaningful conversations with your daughter about the answers that you've come up with to be able to um, engage with your daughter in a different way. And, uh, and I found that that was definitely the case for me when I was reading it. You know, one of the things that might be interesting in the future as I was reading this was, are there prompts that you wish that you would put in that fathers with daughters can turn around and allow their daughters to answer so that they can then have conversations back with their fathers that will open up even deeper conversations. So that's that's something that if you haven't thought about, that it might be something to think about in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. I do have, um, no one knows, I mean, the world doesn't know it yet, but uh, public declarations are great anyway. But I've always had the idea to go with the book because I want to make a father-daughter journal. Um, but I want to make an app. So I think about especially teenage daughters and the dads that like, and I remember some of the dads I talked to, even my friend Sean's chapter Sunday, some things they talked about his two teenage daughters and like your daughters don't always want to connect with you and men have that disconnect. And for me, it's like helping dads not realize at 50 years old, like, oh, I have no relationship with my daughter because it's just, it's gone. Well, that happened when she was 13, 14, 15 years old. So I've thought about I intend to, you know, one day, right, uh, is to create an, a journal, a digital diary even, or a digital journal, if you will, that has these prompts so a dad can, you know, like you can share your memories or your daughter can write these things to you that she might not actually be able to physically want to say to dad. She might not be want to sit with you and tell you, but if she's on her phone all day, right, like you can get enough out of her maybe that you can still build and reinforce these relationships and just come up with creative ways. But I love your, I love your idea. I haven't I haven't thought about that from the daughter's perspective, though, but I think that would be interesting even to get some feedback from daughters, you know, like, well, what do they wish? Because even that, we have all that information. You know, I mean, there's movements out there, too. I've, I've seen fatherless daughters movements, like there's an organization I stumbled across in Atlanta that does that. But even that, like, what if someone was there for these daughters when they were younger 
when they were teenagers or when they were 18, 19, 20 years old and they were still dealing with those fatherhood wounds, you know, could it have been different if someone had stepped in and helped them too? There's always a lot to unpack. Now, as you have gotten this book out in front of different fathers, have say have read it, what kind of feedback are you getting thus far? The most common one I get too is that most of the dads have loved the conversations themselves too, but I haven't really gotten as much feedback as I would like as the dads taking time to actually go engage with their daughters on the backside of it, I think. The other piece I've also gotten to, sadly enough, right, is like dads get the book and they just don't read it. Like, you know, they just don't have time. And I'm like, you don't have time, like read three pages, like it's a three page chapter, you know, like, so it's been like, um, I, I had feedback from one mom recently, actually, she asked me if there was a skimmable version. She was like, you know, my husband's a skimmer, like he's a skimmer, he probably wouldn't even read the whole book. But if you had like the highlights, and I was like, well, I was like, I have all the questions, you know, like the prompts, you know, so that's always something interesting to think about, like providing the prompts and then letting people just kind of pick and choose kind of a la carte, which they can do anyway. But I think somewhat of it too is some of it just gets a little bit too deep for dads. You know what I mean? Like some of the questions like, are you being too protective? Are you being over? I've gotten some of that feedback. Like they just don't want to think about those things. They don't want to go down those rabbit holes with themselves and think I'm being too overprotective of my daughter because my dad was for me. They're like, whoa, Jason, I don't know. about. They're like, we're not going there. And I'm like, well, you should maybe. Or you could. I think that every father has to be able to think about that because it's not always easy to be vulnerable and men are not always raised to be vulnerable. And and sometimes it's it's challenging for men to open up, not only to the people that they share their life with in the regards to if they are in a relationship with the mother of their ch- of the child, but beyond that, even further with their own children. And being open and willing to talk about the pains of whatever has has impacted them or the challenges that they've overcome or the thing. But it's so important to be able to share those type of things because your daughters are going to learn from that so that when they hit roadblocks, and they will hit roadblocks, every person hits roadblocks in their life at some point. So it's important for them to have skills, but also things that they can pull from from the people around them that are willing to share and say, I tried this and I hit this block. This is what I did to get past it. Sometime you may hit it too. You always hear the term thrown around in business, right? Like model success, you know, like success leaves clues. Why don't dads think about that in terms of how to be a good father? Like, like we don't go out and search these same successful individuals that have raised, you know, like where are the... Where are the, the Dan Millers of the world or the Aaron Walkers of the world, right? You know, the 50, 60-year-old men that have raised up successful 30-some-year-old women, right? Like, let's learn from them. Like, let's sit at their feet and glean insights, right, into how to be a good dad. Because like you said, we are, and you, I'm assuming, like, w- with that, the work you're doing too with dads and divas like me, like, you and I are up against very hard societal beliefs and stigmas about what it means to be a vulnerable man, what it means to be, I'm not the alpha male and I'll cry and I'll put on, I'll let Lennox paint my toenails and I'll take a picture of it and I'll play Barbies with it. Right. Like, cause those are all the things that matters. You know, those are what matters at the end of the day. And that's what they look back on and that's what they reflect on and, and how we act toward them is what they model. But it's just interesting to me, right? Like, like, like we don't seek that, you know, We'll, we'll take it for our business or for, to, build, to grow a business or even to get ahead in our career. It always seems to fall short of, you know, I'm too manly to, to go ask for help on how to 
love my wife or I'm, I'm not going to read a book on how to raise my daughter or how to, and it's like, okay, those choices, you know, we all make choices every day. And sometimes those choices will lead us down deep, deep paths that we won't get to heal for ourselves until sometimes it's too late or sometimes they're gone or sometimes we're gone or. No, I think that that's really important to understand and, and understand that every father needs to be able to go through a path for themselves, to be able to be willing to find for themselves the best way to be a father. And as you can hear, myself or Jason, you know, we know that for us, it makes a ton of sense to be vulnerable with our daughters, to let them see us as real people. And to allow for them to understand that is what they should be looking for when they look for men in their lives or people that they want to work with or people that they want to spend time with or surround themselves with. That doesn't mean that every person is going to feel that way. We, I completely understand that. But you have to realize that daughters are not the same as men. They're not the same as boys. And you have to understand that you have to treat them as different. You have to, and you have to be willing to understand how they think and be willing to be on their level to be able to be the best dad that you can be. And you have to figure out for yourself the, the way that that is going to work in your own family. Now, Jason, you know, we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our fatherhood five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a father. Are you ready? Awesome. Let's do it. Okay, so in one word, what is fatherhood? Legacy. When was the time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? For me, it was going to be, it was the very first night Lennox was laying in bed. Chandra had put her to sleep and it was the very first night she said, Daddy, will you lay in bed with me? When she wanted me to actually lay there and help her fall asleep. That's a good memory. Now, how would you want Lennox to describe you as a dad? Funny, friendly, and lovable. Who inspires you to be a better dad? My friend Zach Newman lives out in Oregon. I've been I talk to him almost every week for about the past three years. He's got three kids and he's just an incredible husband and father and business owner and friend and church leader and he's just awesome. And finally, what advice would you give to other dads? I would simply tell you that you literally only have these moments as they come, every single one of them. And that you need to understand that your insecurities as a man fail pale in comparison to your role as a father and the love that you need to provide for your daughters. So I would simply encourage you to be open and vulnerable enough every moment of every day to be the best that you can for them. Well, Jason, I appreciate you sharing that and everything that you've shared today. If people want to find out more about you, your book, everything that you're doing, where should they go? Let's see here. They can go to fatherdaughterconversationsbook.com is probably the best place right now. Or they can always just go to jasonpockrant.com. Well, I will put links in our notes today. Jason, I appreciate you being here and everything that you've shared. And, and I wish you all the best. Appreciate it. Thanks for bringing me on. It was awesome talking to you, Chris. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org.
If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be